0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Pursuing Jesus Podcast. My name is Shane Winnings. This is episode 44, entitled Breaking Abuse Off of Your Life. If you have a history of abuse, or you're walking through abuse, and you want to know how to be free spiritually and mentally from it, this is the episode for you. First, I want to thank you for listening. Um, man, I don't know what more to say. We're, we're closing in on 100,000 streams, I think, by... Maybe the end of the month, we could get there. Definitely by September, mid-September, we should be close to 100,000. That's ridiculous to me. It's crazy. So thank you for listening. What that means is, is that it's not just a cool number like, wow, look what we did. That is 100,000 people that have listened and been encouraged. And if you look at the reviews for the podcast, um, or if you look at, you know, sometimes people uh, tag the podcast in their stories, and they're just testifying to what God is doing, not what I'm doing. What God is doing in their lives. And uh, I'm just a vessel, just like all of us. All of us are meant to be vessels for the Holy Spirit to speak and move through and work through. And that's my daily prayer. God, would you move in me and through me today? Reveal yourself to me and through me. And um, so that's just evidence to me that God is truly working through this humble, small podcast that, you know, we started back in January. So thank you. And if you want to partner with us and help us keep going, because everything we do is donor supported, I do this full time, but it's only because of donors. If you're looking to support five, 10, 50, $100 a month, whatever it is, that's a cup of coffee or maybe a, a dinner out that you want to say, hey, I want to help this podcast keep going. I want to help this ministry keep going and keep growing. You can give it any of the links in the description. And finally, make sure you follow us, hit the bell, turn on notifications. You want to make sure you get updates when we post a new episode, if you like what we're doing. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. Let's get into this. Breaking off abuse. Now, the first thing I want to say is this. We need to to live unoffended. And I've talked about this many times. I, I have a kind of a series that I've begun, and there'll be more episodes, but it's living unoffended or how to live unoffended. And I think we're up to three parts right now. And so if you, if you struggle with offense, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of touch on it here, but you should really go listen to that three-part, uh, how to live unoffended. Because in order to be free from your past, you're going to have to live unoffended. You're going to have to lay down bitterness, unforgiveness, any of those things that you might have an earthly justification to hold on to. Like, I I will never pretend to know what you've been through. But I do know what Christ went through. And I know what the Bible says. And so, at the the risk of offending someone here, I'm going to take a leap of faith because I believe the Word, which is the truth, is the only thing that's going to set you free. And if you have had a traumatic past, you don't need a hug to set you free. A hug is comforting. A hug feels nice. But the only thing that's going to set you free is truth. The Bible even says that. It doesn't say an embrace from a friend. It doesn't say that a, a kiss on the cheek from the Lord sets you free. No, no. It says that truth sets you free. It says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There's freedom. And so only if you want freedom should you continue listening to this episode. I'm I'm going to talk straight on this this episode of this podcast, and I might rub some people the wrong way, and I hope that you hear my heart. Truth is the only thing that will pull you out of a pit. Some I've heard it said, you know, sometimes when you're you're in a pit, you just want a friend to come down there and just be with you, and that's true. Maybe for a, a second or two, I, I would love for someone to just meet me where I'm at, recognize where I, you know what I'm walking through, and then I need help out of this pit. So if you're struggling with trauma from your past, know that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He's near to those who are crushed in spirit. This is the truth. But know this, that God has no intention of leaving you where you're at, and neither do I. And so I'm going to just preach off of two verses that I believe will set you free. Obviously, we'll reference more. We always do. The Bible is the, the truth of our lives. It's the only book worth referencing. Any other book worth referencing should be referencing the Bible and just expounding on that. But I want you to know, I, I'm, I'm so sorry for what you've been through. I can't pretend to know. Even if you told me all the details and, and showed me a video, and every, I, I couldn't put myself there. Like No one can know what you've been through except yourself and God. But I do know this, that the, the truth of God's Word, it transcends experience. That's why I can live the life that I've lived, never having gone through what you've gone through, but I can help you get free because I'm going to point you to the truth of God's word, which sets everyone free. I believe that a moment in the presence of God can do what years, even decades of counseling can't do. You could have the best counselors, the best psychologists, the best psychiatrists, whatever. But only the presence of God will set you free. Only his truth. And so be open to truth today. Be open. Even pray this with me. Just say, God, I am willing to be offended by you in order to get free. Help me to lay down any preconceived ideas, any preconceived notions about what freedom looks like. I want your freedom. I am open for you to speak to me today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, I'm going to ask a bold question. Again, this is not discounting what anyone has been through. It's not discounting what you've been through. I'm talking to you right now. Please do not hear what I'm not saying. I will never discount what someone's been through. I need to ask you a question that can lead to your breakthrough. What does what happened to you have to do with who you are in Christ what does what happened to you have to do with who you are in Christ now if you're listening to this and you're not a believer or if you're just like a part-time christian like a sunday christian this is not going to land for you you need to be born again you need to be walking in the spirit or you'll never be truly free, and you'll never find your life. Jesus even said, you try to keep your life, you try to save your life, you try to find your life apart from him, you're going to lose it. You were always meant to have life in Jesus Christ. He says, whoever lays their life down for my sake will find it. This is the moment right now where we have to make a decision and say, am I laying my life down for Christ? Because laying down your life also means laying down your right, your justification to feel and act and say and do the things that you say and do. But if you are a believer, if you are a spirit-filled Christian, and you've been through trauma, I want to ask you this. And and I'm going to give a final preface here. The only way you can get truly free from your past and your trauma is to be born again. You have to be born again. And so I'm not here to try to give like great advice to unbelievers. Or My first advice is you need to get born again. All these things happen to you in your life, that's horrible. Let's get born again. The Bible says if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things pass away, all things become new. Even your trauma passes away and all things become new. Now, there's a daily renewing of our minds. There's a sanctification that's happening. There's a working out of our salvation, as it says in Philippians 1. But don't make a mistake about it. You are a new creation. And so I have to give this episode from the perspective and to the people who are already born again, because that is the first step. You'll never be truly free if you're not. This is geared to the born-again Christian who is still struggling and processing with their trauma. Know this, it's okay. It's okay that you're trying to work through it. It's okay that you, maybe you haven't figured it out or maybe you're, you know, God's not mad at you. Keep fighting. But I want to present this question to you again. What does that have anything to do with who you are in Christ? Think about it. What does what someone did to you or said to you have to do with God sending His Son, Jesus paying the price for your sins, and dying, resurrecting, sending to the Father, giving you the Holy Spirit, giving you the right to become a child of God, and now you're born again? What does any of that have to do with what someone did to you or said to you? It's kind of a rhetorical question because it has nothing to do. Excuse me. It has nothing to do with what happened to you. And what happened to you has nothing to do with Jesus. It has nothing to do with your identity in Christ. The hard part is this. The things that we go through, there's 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 things that we just naturally walk through. You know, there's there's stuff that just happens in the world. Forgive me if I'm sniffling. I just came from Washington State, and I feel like my body's like trying to get used to Texas again. We were up there for like six days. There's things that just happen in life, and then there's things that I believe are strategies that were set against you from birth by the enemy to throw you off, to get you to lay down your faith, take off your spiritual armor, and curse God. Same way he was after Job. God, nobody loves you, neither does Job. He only loves you because if you've protected him, what you do for him, he'll curse you to your face if everything gets taken away, watch. This is Satan's plan. He wants you to lay down your spiritual armor because he can't strip it off of you. He wants you to believe that what happened to you has something to do with God when it doesn't. Let's say that you were abused. Let's say it was the worst. Sexual abuse by a family member, someone you trusted. Maybe it was tied in with spiritual abuse, which is, in my opinion, the worst. Because when someone twists or manipulates or perverts God, you do some real damage, and it takes a lot for someone to kind of get that uprooted. Because when things are done in the name of Jesus or, you know... Twisted with the Bible around it. It's very hard to use the same Bible to, like, undo that. We need a fresh perspective of revelation from God. Let's say that you were sexually abused by a, a friend or a family member, someone that you trusted. Is that a reflection of Jesus or the Father? No. No, it isn't. God would never do that. Jesus would never do that. Now, you can easily run down the road, which many people do when it comes to death or healing or any of that stuff, and they say, well, God allowed it. Well, listen, God allowed Adam and Eve to sin. That's what free will does. It allows. Free will has to allow you to choose something else. Free will has to allow you to disobey. And we like the idea of free will for ourselves, but we hate it when someone exercises their free will against us. So what we can't do here is point the finger at God and say, well, God allowed it. Well, God allowed you to have free will. You just haven't exercised it to do something horrific. God allowed someone else free will, and they used it against you, and now you're a a victim of abuse, the world would say. Do you see where I'm going with this? This isn't where we point the finger at God. That's the first thing we need to get clear here. What happened to you has nothing to do with God has nothing to do with Jesus. It has nothing to do with your identity in him. It has nothing to do with the fact that Psalm 139 says that he knew you before you were born. He knitted you in your mother's womb. Every day before it came to be, it was written in his book like that is the intimacy of the Lord as he knew you before. He had plans for you before. Now the enemy comes in and he tries to derail those plans, but guess what? All things work out for the good of those who love God and who put their trust in Him, who are following Him. God is not going to let it go unspoken about. He's going to redeem it in some way. But you have to resolve this main question. What does it have to do with God? It doesn't have anything to do with God. This is the plan of the enemy. This is the, the result of sin in the world. It's evil, and it's horrible, and the things that happen to us, are, they're awful. But it doesn't have anything to do with God. Why is that so important? Because if you don't have that proper understanding and revelation, all of a sudden, shame and guilt or anger will cause you to flee from the one person who can restore you. Look at Adam and Eve. Shame and guilt and, and eyes being opened cause them to run away from God put on some fig leaves and try to hide. God is a good father. Even in correction, he clothes them. He fashions clothes for them. This is what a good father does. And notice, they never blamed God. Well, you allowed it. Well, if you're such a good father, why would you allow us to be tempted? No, they took responsibility. Sorry, I'm not trying to pause for too long. I just this is heavy. And I really hope that you are catching this because this is this is critical to your breakthrough. I totally believe you can be so free from this. You have to resolve in your heart this thing that happened to me has nothing to do with God. Maybe you've been mad at God, maybe you've been questioning, maybe you've been wondering just even by faith, your only source of healing is going to come from the Father. So even if it's by pure faith, you don't feel it, you don't even believe it in your mind, but you're choosing in your spirit to say, God, I, I will step out in faith. I don't think this has anything to do with you. This was a plan set against me to get me to run from you. And even though everything in me wants to be upset and wants this and that, I will choose by faith to to run after you still. And you have to stand on truth. The Bible says in Luke 34, it talks about the eye being the lamp of the body. And I've preached on this many times, but it's funny that many basics in Christianity are what can help us endure. There's a lot of great verses out there, but there's a few that are like, They're foundational. If you know your identity, and if you walk in it, and you walk in truth, you're going to endure. You're going to run the race, and you're going to run to win. Luke 34, it talks about the eye being single. The eye being the lamp of the body. It says this, the eye is the lamp of the body. When your eye is good, when your eye is single... Your whole body is full of light, but when your eye is bad, or when your eye is evil, another translation says, your whole body is full of darkness. Your whole body. And then it says this in verse 35 of chapter 11, Therefore take heed that the light which is in you is not darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, the whole body will be full of light, as when the bright shining of a lamp gives you light. (laughs) You see, your life and your perspective on life and your perspective of yourself and your perspective of God, it starts with your eye. I've talked about this before, that same principle, you become what you behold. What are you beholding? Because if you begin to behold God as the Redeemer, as the Restorer, as the one who can save your soul and who can return you to the joy of your salvation, even though life has tried to rob you of all joy, of all peace, of all everything that is good, it's tried to pervert your view of love. It's tried to get you to not be able to trust people. It's it's fill in the blank. You know. Don't let your eye be fixed on that lie, on that perversion of truth. Let your eye be single, Let which means you have a one-track mind. You are fixated. You are focused on the Lord. When you are focused on God, when He is what you dwell on, what you set your gaze on. When he is what consumes you, you begin to transform. The Bible talks about this washing and regeneration. That's in Titus 3.5. It's not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to him, his blood, his mercy, his love, according to him, there's a renewing that happens there's a washing there's a regeneration by the holy spirit where once sins were just forgiven now they're removed there's a total cleansing and so in him we are brand new we're a new creation we are not defined by our old life this is this is what we need to catch when God sees us, he, he sees us for what His Son Jesus did. Colossians through 23 I quote it all the time, but it talks about us being holy, blameless, and righteous in His sight. I'm not discounting what we've walked through in life, because I've walked through some hard stuff. So has my wife. So have many of you, you're, if you're still listening to this point, you've probably walked through abuse. The title, holy, blameless, and righteous, or the position, or the truth of my life is that I'm holy, blameless, and righteous, that takes priority, precedence, it trumps any other title that the world could try to put on me. You are not an abuse victim, you are a child of God. You are not an abuse victim, you are holy, blameless, and righteous. Now, this is the part that this might upset people. But why do we want to take on these identities so bad? Like, why is it so offensive to say, you are not a victim of abuse, you are a child of God? You don't need to go join a victim, victim group, you know, whatever. Trauma, abuse, victim, survivors group. Can there be life in that? Sure, as long as it points to Jesus and it's not just a rehashing of what everyone's been through, which turns into like, well, you went through that, well, I went through this. Like, that is not healthy. And you don't need to be labeled as that. Because as long as you're labeled as that, you will justify certain things in your life because, hey, I'm a trauma abuse survivor. I'm allowed to do this. I'm allowed to say that. I'm allowed to feel this way. Instead of, let me let me just say it like this. Would Jesus have joined a trauma abuse survivor group? No. How do I know? He wasn't even thinking of himself on the cross. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. His heart is breaking for people instead of because of people. If your heart is still broken because of the abuse you've been through, then this is an invitation to say your heart is still wrapped up in some worldly things. Jesus is meant to have your whole heart. If your heart can be broken by the world, then Jesus doesn't have all of it. That's not a condemning statement. That is something that need we need to like seriously evaluate our lives and go, does anyone have the ability to break my heart? Because if so, I need to get ahead of the curve here and make sure that I take my heart out of that place and give it to Jesus. Let me give you an example. My wife doesn't have the ability to break my heart because my heart is not in my wife. I didn't wake up for my wife to treat me perfectly and to have a perfect marriage. and every I woke up in him. And I spend time with Jesus, and from that place, from that intimacy, I am fulfilled. Are you catching this? I didn't say from my time with my wife, I'm fulfilled. Do I get fulfilled being with my wife? Of course I do. She's my best friend. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Jesus fills my cup. Even biblically, we are called to be filled to the point of overflow, because Christianity is not for us. It's for others we get born again and we go do the ministry of Jesus so that others can be brought into the kingdom i get filled up by jesus so that i can pour into others and so that also it's a twofold has a twofold effect one so that i have more than enough so i can pour into others two i'm not in lack which means i'm not trying to get poured into and filled up by other people i am getting filled by my lord and my savior and my master and my friend So Jesus fills me up every day. And then I have something to give instead of something to need. And so if my wife does something horrible, well, now my heart can break for my wife instead of because of her. Instead of saying, well, how could you do this to me? And how could you do that? And I thought this, and you said that. I can say, oh my gosh, what's going on? What made you do this? How's your heart? How's your relationship with Jesus been? Come on, let's pray. I want to see you restored as she would do with me, as we would do with anyone else. This is what Jesus did. He didn't say, guys, can you believe this? You're going to do this to me after everything I did for you, after everything I said. I showed you I was the son of God. I did all the miracles. I raised the dead. I cleansed the lepers. I healed the sick. I casted out demons. I did nothing but good. And now you're going to hang me on a cross? Like, I'm the least deserving person in the world of this. No. And he definitely didn't clap back at them. And he didn't wear his trauma around. He didn't say, put your hand, Timothy, put your hand in my, your finger in the holes in my hand and touch my side and look at my feet. Look at what they did to me. Can you believe it? I'm so broken up. It wasn't him. Jesus knew who he was in the Father and he knew why he was on the earth. And so because he had a single eye fixed on truth, fixed on the Father, because he knew who he was in the Father, he had the ability to walk in absolute freedom, freedom from self, freedom from others. And when they persecuted him and when they mocked him, and when they did all these things, his heart broke because he's like, you guys don't understand. You guys are so lost. You don't know what you're doing. God, please forgive him. Please don't hold this against them. God. Can you imagine? Like, can Have you ever prayed that for the, your abuser? And if that offends you, that just shows you, man, there is a place of healing in God because love does not keep a record of wrongs. And that is a hard, hard one to hear when you've been taken advantage of. Love does not keep a record of wrongs. That is not my opinion. That is in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 13. Love doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Love doesn't seek its own. It doesn't say, unless, of course, you've been through this type of abuse or this type of trauma. No, it says love does not keep a record of wrongs. This is the love of God. And if you feel like, well, you don't know what they did to me, and you want to justify it, I have to say this to you. Do you have any idea the offense that you had towards God? And how what you deserved is what I deserved, is what everyone else deserved. And that's what Jesus received on the cross. Look at the cross. Look at him up there hanging after being beaten beyond description. You couldn't even recognize him. Beaten beyond recognition. Crown of thorns, nails through his hands and feet, pierced side, agony. That is what we deserved because of our offense towards God. That's Colossians 121. So before we say, well, I don't want to forgive because you don't know what they did. No, you don't know what you did towards God. And that's a strong statement, and I'm not trying to make you upset, but I do have to preach the truth, and I'm sorry. But I hope that it cuts in a way that gets you to open your eyes and see that when you begin to take this place as the judge, you forget that you were the one who was at the mercy of the great judge. When you take the judge's seat over those who have wronged you, you quickly forget that there was a day when you didn't deserve anything but death, hell, and the grave because of your sin, Romans 6.23, Romans 3.23. But Romans 5.8 happened. God demonstrated his own love towards you and that while you were still a sinner, an enemy, alienated, cut off, hostile, offensive, wicked towards him, Christ died for you when he had every right to cut you off and give you exactly what you deserve. And not only that, but to give you the fullness of his wrath towards sin, he did and he extended love because he wasn't keeping a record of wrongs. And it's only by belief in Jesus Christ and faith in him that we can be saved and we can be made brand new. And once you are made brand new, you must extend this to others. It's like the parable of the man with the debt. He had been forgiven a debt, but then he turns around and he's holding someone else accountable for their debt. How crooked is that? You forget that you were forgiven, and now you want to hold someone else accountable. Are you, are you catching this? I want you to be free. Don't hold other people to a standard that you have not been held to. You've been forgiven. You've been given eternal life. I want Maybe this will help. I want you to see from a different perspective. If you're a Christian, then you have eternal life, yes? You know God. You have the Holy Spirit. Even if life is hard, you have a comforter. You have a friend. Your soul is at peace with God. Let me ask you this question. The person who abused you, do you think that they know God? What kind of position do you think they're in? What kind of... Heart position do you think they're in? What, what do you think the state of their soul is? What do you think their mind is like? That should break your heart. These people are not stable. These people don't have peace. These people don't have joy. They're messed up inside. That's why they're doing the things they're doing. That should break your heart. Because I've lived a s- small percentage of, of what it's like to, to live without Christ. I was in church. I had all that stuff. I didn't have a relationship with God, but I wasn't you know, strung out on the streets or anything. I'm not saying I'm better or worse. I'm just saying in, in a small way, I've seen what it's like to not walk with the Lord, and I was miserable. I can't imagine what it's like to be even more depraved, where I'm you know, doing these horrific things that some of these people are doing. Like the state of their heart and their mind and their their soul and everything is going to be at the lowest of lows. And now seeing through the eyes of Christ, that should break your heart and that should lead you to pray and say, Father, please reveal yourself to them. Forgive them, God. They have no idea what they're doing. They're living totally out of the flesh. They're at the mercy of the enemy. They're not listening to your voice. God, save them, Redeem them, restore them, God. I don't want them to go to hell. I don't want anyone to spend eternity apart from you. It is that position of humility and a broken heart for others that will lead to your freedom. Because you're no longer considering self. You're no longer justifying the way you feel. Well, to hell with them. They should have never touched me. They should have never abused me. They should have never raped me. That sounds awful good to the world, but do you hear that coming out of Jesus' mouth? No. Forgive them, God. They don't know what they're doing. And I'm not saying that's easy. I can't imagine what that's like. But I am telling you that that's the call. That's the life that we're called to. Lay down your rights to be offended. Your right to justify your position. Have a heart for other people who don't know God. Now, maybe the person who abused you has since come to Christ. That should be a cause for celebration. Yes, they might have abused you in the past, but look at where they're at now, and you can say, Father, thank you for the work that you did. This person was so messed up that they did these things to me. They were not in their right mind, but God, you did not spare your own son even for that person. And now they're free. They're walking in freedom. They're walking in truth. They know their identity in Christ. Like, God, you are the Redeemer. You restore people even who have done the worst things. Help me to see the way you see. Thank you for saving them. Thank you for saving me. Oh, God. Now, look, this doesn't mean you got to have them over for dinner. I'm just saying your heart position should be to release them from this bondage that you've put yourself in. You're holding on to what they did, but you're the one that's actually in bondage. Release them in your mind and you will set yourself free because it is only through the truth that comes from God's Word. But you have to do it. You have the power to get free. You have the power to set yourself free, but it's by submitting truth. You hear what I'm saying? God's the one who sets you free, but you're the one who's got to do it. You have to be willing. You have to say, God, I don't I don't want to carry this around anymore. I don't want to be offended. I don't want to be bitter. I don't want to be in unforgiveness. I'm miserable. And when you walk in those things, you give other people power over you. Because every time the name is brought up, or every time that age is referenced, or what was your what was your childhood like? Anytime that's brought up, it's like it has power over you and it makes you not want to talk. It makes you want to feel a certain way. You've got to release that. And that comes from beholding Jesus, remembering who you are, and remembering that who you are in Christ has nothing to do with what happened to you. The enemy tries to bring shame and guilt and condemnation and trauma and all these things, and you say, That has nothing to do with me. I am holy, I am blameless, I am righteous in the sight of God. I was deserving of sin. Uh, the penalty of sin, the wages of sin. I was deserving of hell. I was deserving of a spiritual death. I was deserving to be eternally separated from God. But he loved me and he sent his son and now he has given me the right to become his child. I am a child of God. I have eternal life and I will spend forever with my creator. Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for redeeming me, for restoring me. Thank you that my life has so much value to you. Thank you, God, that you are writing my story. Like it comes from this place. And so right now, I just want to pray. If there's someone that you need to forgive for what they did, I want you just to release a prayer over them. I want you to pray. After this podcast is over, I want you to pray, and I want you just to forgive, even if you don't feel it. Father, I forgive this person for what they did. Say their name. Say it out loud. Hear yourself say it. Speak it. I forgive them for what they did. They didn't know what they were doing. Even if they thought they knew what they were doing, guys, they didn't know or they wouldn't do it. I'm pretty sure those 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 soldiers thought they knew what they were doing. Like they had the plan. Like we're going to hang Jesus up. We're going to nail his hands. We're going to nail his feet. And then later we're going to pierce his side. Like they had the plan, but they didn't know what they were doing because if they did, they never would have done it. So you say, Father, this person, they didn't know what they were doing. Forgive them, God. I forgive them. I release them from any bitterness, any unforgiveness that I've held towards them. God, you love them. Save their souls, God. Show them your love like you've shown me. Restore them, God. Show them what it's like to walk in peace and joy where you don't even think to act the way that they acted. And Father, forgive me for walking in unforgiveness and bitterness for so long. Forgive me for justifying my actions and my feelings. Forgive me for having this hatred. Release me, God. I mean, these. this is the prayer you need to pray and just get real with the Lord. Amen? Listen, if this helped you, please share this. This is a big one. This. This episode, I really believe, is going to set a lot of people free. Give us a like. Give us a rating, a review. It's going to help this podcast just get out more and more. Um, I don't even want to announce any of the other things that I normally do. I just want to end on this. Just just, just close out this podcast and go pray and then send this to someone else. If you know anyone else who's walking through abuse or you, you know someone who's struggling in this area, send it to them. Amen? All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.